starting it with the conversation at the beginning. I know. So how do we start it without Jacob here to be Jacob? Because Jacob's having sex on the beach right now in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to the episode too. That's funny. I need to. Haven't seen the. I haven't heard the Suspiria episode. I'm looking forward to it though. It was pretty solid. It took us 40 minutes to get into it, but <laughs> <laughs> is it 40 minutes? No, no, no. It took us 40 minutes to but, get into I mean, it. I mean, did it really take that long? Yeah. Holy we spent shit. a lot of time talking about other stuff. Fuck. <laughs> I, I am. I told a couple people that I work with about that episode, and they're they're excited for it. And one coworker, she recently just moved to UW. Uh, to work there but she had never seen the original but she saw this one mm. so i thought that would be that's what was interesting like yeah you know like how how do you like how experience. do you see the original or not the 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 remake before the original so i'm curious what she would think of the original like you know <laughs> like yeah but she's a huge tilda swinton fan and she's also a huge fan of the choreography of the choreographer of the dance so that's why she actually saw the film. Oh. Um, so, and she kind of likes the witch stuff, but, like, I don't think that was the main reason why she went and saw the film. So she was looking at it completely different than we, because I don't mm-hmm. think she had seen, I think she had seen Call Me By Your Name. Which is entirely different, obviously. Yeah, but I think that's the only one that she was familiar with. So, yeah. It, but she, she's excited to... I said I'll send her the link. She's excited to. It's out. To so, hear, yeah, hear so someone send, send that it. to yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is the back-to-back happy hour. Our opportunity to talk about anything film doesn't fit into our normal show. I'm your host Keith. This is Byron. And Jacob's not here. <laughs> um, like Byron said earlier, Jacob is gone on his honeymoon, doing things that you do on your honeymoon. Um, Wait, so they got married last August, right? I think it was August, Something right? Like or was that. it September, early September, maybe? I honestly can't remember. <laughs> I think it was late August. It was somewhere right around that time, yeah. Of 2017. So. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. So this is a, a honeymoon that's long overdue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they're both more settled into, like, life now. Yeah. So that it's actually sense. probably the smarter, like, they, how, they probably did it smart, where, like, they didn't have to, like, you know, get in debt, like, The smartest thing right to do away, is have, know? like, a $5 wedding and then spend <laughs> all the money you'd spend on that's, a wedding on true. a honeymoon. That's true. Why have a $20,000 wedding when you can have a $20,000 honeymoon? That's true. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much Jacob spent on his wedding, but... It probably wasn't $20,000, <laughs> but either way, I mean, it's all up to whoever's prerogative, but all I'm saying is yeah. go with a cheap wedding and an expensive honeymoon. It'll be... It's more memorable. Yeah. I know Jacob's like, well, motherfuckers, her family paid for it all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to thinking. pay for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I so the joke's on free. you. <laughs> uh all right so where do we kick it off here do you want to do the filmstruck criterion news filmstruck criterion sure um okay so filmstruck is being killed off um and a bunch of directors are coming out in support of it asking warner brothers to save it um because warner media is the one who's who's killing the service um, but Warner Media is trying to have its own service, so this is sort of AT&T's long plan 
of shit. Um, it's kind of ridiculous, I guess. But in tandem with that, Criterion, which was a big part of Filmstruck, is now kicking off its own service. So all of those Criterion films, which they're known, obviously, for like their remastered re-releases of stuff, are now going to be available for streaming. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good news. Um, at least there's that outlet for the Criterion. Because Criterion picks up a lot of good movies. Yeah. Well-respected for the remasters and what they do. So, what I don't I'm, know. I'm kind of hoping that because it's all Criterion, it's not just... It's not like... Because Filmstruck isn't, wasn't just Criterion. I guess this is going to be predominantly, I think, Criterion. If What Filmstruck did, though, was they didn't have the entire Criterion collection right. on there. But what I hope is that the Criterion eventually get there where you don't have to go out and buy every Blu-ray or every DVD that they they just have them on, your, right. on their site to watch. I mean, even if it was like a dollar... Or whatever for like the new releases or something that'd be I'd be that'd be sick. Like I get the feeling that it's gonna be more like that. That'd be really cool because it did say that they were gonna put more like commentaries, more. I mean, they did. They definitely had more special features, you know, there, but not all the commentaries and stuff. So it would be cool to have a streaming service that allowed you to have, you know, more than just like interviews, but like. The you know the whole package. thing which yeah. is fucking wake which they had a little bit of that with filmstruck but if they just do their own thing i have a feeling it might be just more fleshed out i'd hope <laughs> which so would be really cool i definitely hope so i mean this is pretty it's pretty big i mean criterion has a pretty big collection everyone in the filmmaking world knows of them you know yeah a lot of people will buy their stuff not knowing necessarily about them but yeah. So at least, you know. So I don't know. It'd be cool. It'd be, it'd be kind of interesting to see how they plan to do it if they're going to go straight, um, what's it called? Uh, subscription model or. Yeah. It would be cool to just have them, like, just buy yeah. $1 rental or $1. Like, yeah. That would be cool, too. Two or $3 buys, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That would be cool. I mean, like, it's funny because, uh, like, on my fire stick you know i'll type in a movie name like a particular movie name and sometimes it gives me the option to buy which ones i want to buy like so say royal tenenbaums it'll give me the option to buy the criterion digital version or just the regular oh that's version i didn't know that um I, I, I'm not really sure Royal Tenenbaums, so that's just an example. <laughs> but it's happened to, like, you know, a, a couple of the movies that I've, I'm like, oh, wow, I could get the Criterion digitally, or I could buy it cheaper, the non Criterion. But I, when I get the Criterion stuff, I want to get the physical copy of it. So I've never bought the digital. But there has been a couple movies where I've rented the Criterion edition because, one, I didn't want to fork the money for to own it digitally Mm -hmm. and i didn't know if i'd actually like it enough to buy the physical copy so for 3.99 or whatever it was i rented it for i think it was 72 hours Mm -hmm. and then you get some of the special features to watch too you know and if it's good enough it's like fuck well i want to get the blu-ray and get the booklet and everything Mm -hmm. or the other special features so it would be cool if they did more of released more of their stuff like that too if that's an option but i think it'd be dope if 
they just said 15 bucks a month gets you you know the majority of our catalog and then when new releases come instead of just getting them on dvd or blu-ray you can buy them or rent them individually for like super cheap which would be fucking cool or what they could do is have a subscription model so like let's say 10 bucks a month yeah you get the whole catalog and you get discounts on the hard that, copies. Oh, that would be fucking... That, that would be then better. then if you got discounts on the hard copies, yeah. you could sell the hard copies on top. You know? <laughs> oh, shit. That's some, that's, that's some, like, shoe reselling shit right there. <laughs> there you go, dude. There you go, Criterion. I'm giving you free ideas right now. Oh, free shit. money. <laughs> but uh, either way, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool... And I really hope they kind of change the game in that they offer more special features in a streaming platform yeah. because that's just one thing that Netflix doesn't do is just they just offer the content but right. nothing that's like yeah I want to like I don't know no fucking... interviews nothing yeah trailers that's it yeah exactly yeah. which is like I mean whatever the trailer you can YouTube it <laughs> yeah. and then even even then they only show good trailers for the Netflix originals not for everything right so like, yep that's true yep whatever. But uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Filmstruck is probably going to die, even with all these people coming out to help support it. Um, it's just people just don't care. You know what I mean? Like they just don't. So, um, what are you going to do? I guess let Criterion kind of come in and see what they can do, and then yeah. see how they. Because really, uh, to me, it's just like it's about the small the guys coming in and just doing small changes and making yeah. it hopefully other people kind of change what they do you know yeah. forcing netflix to kind of innovate itself because netflix is stagnating i think a lot so um speaking of netflix though i just saw this um netflix is testing a cheaper mobile only streaming plans Mobile only, so would that be like only through their app, probably? Okay. So whatever that entails for oh here we go so oh okay so whatever that ends up being I guess it'd be four bucks a month, and you could watch all their whole catalog but only on your phone. I mean that's not the worst. I think a lot of people yeah. watch it through computers and consoles and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times where I watch a movie when I'm on the go, or like yeah. traveling, or I yeah. Don't know. And sometimes you can plug your phone into a TV, so like it's not even like yeah, it's, it's not true. bad. Four bucks a month, yeah. and you get the whole catalog. It's not bad at all. Because I I use my phone. I mean, I hate really watching on my phone because I'm spoiled. But <laughs> I have my you know apartment. But when I'm home, it my parents don't have internet really, so I have to put, use my cell phone as a mobile hotspot connect my fire stick into their tv mm. and then connect it to my mobile hotspot and then i can stream on their tv that way but it takes my gigs from my mobile hotspot because i'm only allowed a certain amount of because i have yeah. unlimited internet on my phone plan but mobile hotspot it's limited 4g and then it goes down to like something low mm -hmm. uh uh for the rest so i can watch like a couple of movies that way but it's just easier if i just watch it on my phone you right, know? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so this is saying that this is mainly targeted towards the asia 
regions. Oh, okay. Apparently, this is going to kick off in India and Malaysia. Focus on Asian markets um, because the consumption over there is 74% mobile devices. Oh, wow. Where roughly 55% is North America and Europe is mobile consumption. So That is interesting. It's a way for Netflix to try to break yeah. in more into that market and grab more of that money. Because they're saying here... Uh, in India, Netflix has a subscriber base of five million, and Amazon has eleven million. In India, oh wow! So they want to they want to fight Amazon. Yeah, damn. So that's interesting. It'd be interesting to see. Um, I'd consider it. I mean, we watch a lot of Netflix on the TV, but like, if I was constantly more on the go, yeah, just on my phone is fine. I mean. Because I have the Netflix app on my phone, but it's not the full catalog, right? Well, it's never on Netflix the full catalog because they cater it to you so much. Yeah. So that's weird how that works. And and then and you're not allowed to download because they you can only download certain ones where you can play it without connected to the internet. Right. Um, There's only certain. It's not every film or every TV show that you can do that with too. Um, I forgot about that part. Too. Yeah, because yeah. I've done that where I'm like, I know that I have like a two hour flight that I know that they won't have like a film, mm-hmm. like a console. Download the movie at home on my on the Netflix app or whatever before the flight, and then I just watch the movie on the flight on my right. phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's good quality, you know. Um, it's just a little smaller screen. <laughs> and you're on a plane. so But like, it's it better than matter, like yeah. fucking just sitting there looking at a fucking seat in front of you. Or, I mean, you can bring a magazine and stuff. I've done that too. But sometimes you can read a whole magazine in, you know, an hour. Or less, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, so it's interesting. I mean, it makes sense for them to kind of break up plans and have all these different ways for people to give them yeah. money. I wonder so. how much like the like digital like piracy and stuff over because i know it's a big problem in like the east if they're if they're also combating that by having it on their cell phones you know like they're more likely to just get a four dollar three dollar subscription than go try and like pirate it through other yeah but you're usually pirating something that you wouldn't get through the subscription anyway true so. But like even like like hey I'll use your password or what you know what I mean yeah like, they might be I don't yeah, that's I don't, true I don't know they might stop account sharing yeah which they do that a lot here too I'm sure I mean they limit account sharing anyway on Netflix that's true how many is it now is it you can pay for more but yeah. the basic plan lets you like have two like active ones at a time playing or something like that so. I have one, but I was tempted to do two on mine where it's, like, me and then, like, my kid version of myself. Like, <laughs> where it's, like, all my, like, all, like, animated and, like, kid well, stuff. <laughs> I think you can make as many profiles as you want. Yeah, I should do that, though. Just have, like, have, like alternate personalities of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so I then think... I can see, you know what I mean? Cause, like, yeah, yeah. You could, it's all, because right now it's all formatted to what I've been watching the yeah, last exactly. year or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, you can make as many profiles, and for you, you only have one person playing at a time. So, like, in theory. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that's not, that wouldn't conflict at all. Um, 
Dude, ever since our last episode, I've been listening to a lot of other Suspiria podcasts, oh, so I'm not going to lie. Like, the movie's been on my mind quite a bit. And I really can't wait to rewatch it because it's coming to, I think, this weekend. Has it... Have you felt that it is maybe... like ha, Okay, so that film school part of it that you kind of didn't like with the shutter speed and stuff. Yeah. Has that... I mean, I know you haven't seen the film again, but have you, as you've thought about it, has it, do you think, like, what do you, has, have your opinions changed at all with that or? No, I still think that's dumb. <laughs> I still think that's really just a really bad choice. I'm to looking do. forward to hearing, like, if you go see it again, if no, now that you know it's there, if it's going to bother you more or if it's going to, or it's the same or you're going to actually like, or if it will like oh you'll be okay with it you know um, i imagine it would stay the same but because i know it's there so i know <laughs> that it's gonna come up so it's yeah. like whatever but what it'll probably do is allow me to at least watch it closer yeah. during that part because i know it's gonna be kind of ridiculous when it happens yeah um it didn't it won't throw you out because you right. know it's yeah because yeah, it that's what kind of happened to me is i i was like whoa this is a this is definitely a choice like wow I, you know, it kind of... It just did not yeah. feel like a choice, though. That's the thing. It did not feel like... Yeah, I guess I... It felt... Well, it was a choice, yeah, but it was a choice that just... they made after the fact, <laughs> I think, is really the issue. That combined with, you know, his score right at that particular moment was kind of just like... I don't know, man. Like, yeah. it could have been constructed better. But overall, thinking about it, I'm beginning to like it more. Yeah. It's growing on me a lot as I think about it. See. So... I think on a rewatch, which is going to happen, I don't know, maybe this weekend or something, I don't know, but, like, I think, I think I'm going to like it sweet, more sweet. when I see it. In terms of, like, how would you, I mean, they're completely different movies, but in terms of, like, maybe, which one would you prefer at the moment as, as like, you would watch more often suspiria or mandy mm. i mean they're similar in the sense of like they're 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 very uh kind of slow paced but beautiful looking films that definitely use score and like it but yet you know but to, to kind of further everything in a way but like the, like the plot isn't super I mean, I think um, Suspiria is like richer in themes, mm-hmm. whereas Mandy's more definitely a genre piece. Yeah. Um, but I, I was I'm curious, like which which film out of those two, since they're kind of in the same genre, uh, would do you picture yourself maybe revisiting more in the future? I, I mean, want... that's a weird question, but <laughs> I want to rewatch Mandy. But I can't see myself watching it again after that. Okay. Oh, Not wow. that I don't like it. Yeah. It's just that there's nothing there to chew on. Like, you just... It's yeah. there for entertainment's sake. Yeah. Like, I'd throw it on it, yeah. if I had a couple people over and we just wanted to watch something, you Some know, fucking... Crazy. Straightforward, yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, <laughs> I think Suspiria is going to sit with me longer. Right. And I'll probably rewatch it more over a longer period cool. of time cool. and think about it and integrate it more than Mandy. Because, um... Do you think it's because of like the themes? Is the richer, like just that he he has so many different 
things going on in the film. Like, yeah, it's yeah. basically that. Like with cool. Mandy, you're watching it, you're like, okay, it's. And I, I'm not saying this as a bad thing because I like straightforward, yeah, shallow plots. So sometimes you just yeah, need it. sometimes yeah. you just want a yeah. revenge film, definitely, where it's, where yeah. it's just one thing to another. But that doesn't add a rewatch value because right. you're not going to gain anything from it. Whereas like this, you know, you feel like you there's something there you can kind of scratch at and find yeah. and like. I rewatch it. Wow, I didn't notice that the first time. <laughs> yeah, you know, even with the original Suspiria, I feel that way because, like, even though it's fairly shallow, there's still enough to chew on there. Yeah. When I go back, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't, I forgot about that, or like, forgot, or I didn't realize that that was happening. And, yeah, because he he's done he he films it the original in such a way of completely disregarding like proper plot points and 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 things. So there's a lot of holes in the movie, mm-hmm. but because of that it actually heightens the film in a different way because yeah. it, it's all about the feeling yeah, exactly. which is so so cool so you can you can actually get a kind of a different feeling every time you watch it depending on what totally. you're focusing on which is really pretty cool <laughs> i feel like i can just glean more from it too like with mandy there's nothing i necessarily want to pull from it that i want to pull into my own art okay or suspiria oh. is always like every time i watch it i'm like oh yeah i want to do that oh like, yeah excuse me um i want to integrate that i like that shot i want to do something similar and and stuff like that so like that i'm always kind of going back to those movies because of that you know it's interesting that you say that because i'm just now kind of understanding that too in the sense of like mandy it will probably be on my favorite list of this year but i think why i like it so much is that it's doing everything that i want to do in a film visually just with a bigger budget than I can do at the moment. Right. But thematically, it's not as rewarding to 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 digest and to even maybe use it as inspiration. Exactly. Because yeah. and I'm starting to like really like like think about I, I watched Widows and it really made me think about themes and 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 how you can use themes to further plot and how you can have all these different layers and i was like you know i love simple stories and simple films or seemingly simple like only god forgives is like a seemingly simple right. film but it's yeah. got a lot of layers and stuff to it but uh mandy not so much right you know? yeah i mean he didn't set out to make mandy yeah. to make this grand statement he was making a this fantasy revenge movie. yeah but I, and, and i love those movies and i love Mandy, um, but I feel like I maybe as much as I want to say it inspired me, it really didn't. It just basically everything that was on screen is everything that I fucking love yeah. in movies, but it didn't necessarily inspire me because it's there wasn't enough there for me to really like uh, I don't know. It's not like I could, you know, I can rewatch season one and season two of True Detective over and over and over again because there's so much going on there right that i can like you know every time i watch it i can pick something new out of it Mm -hmm. and i'm just now starting to realize that out of my the things that i do find myself watching over and over again i'm just like fuck you know what there's a there's a pattern here yeah yeah you know yeah Um, it's always stuff you because you're looking for something to pull from and that's kind of like i don't pull something from every movie i watch either like I'm not doing. I'm right. not watching a movie necessarily to do that. But when I do, when it does click, I'm always like, okay, yeah. I got to remember. Like, 
go back to that. And I've been building this like director sort of like lookbook. Yes. Um, where it's basically I just took screenshots of shots yeah. that I like from movies cool. and just like laid it all out. So like gives me that gives me an ability to kind of flip through and be like yeah. just as I'm writing or visualizing just getting that inspiration you know because regardless of who you are as a director yeah. you've stolen from somewhere oh yeah and it's not even really stealing I mean, it's just like someone said it was it Kubrick or someone said a good director is stealing the best of someone else's and making it like your own or something like that would make some taking, sense taking an unoriginal idea and spinning it I don't I forget the exact you know the exact quote there but it's basically everything has kind of been done before you just have to make it your like just do it your way I, I don't know <laughs> oh, I can't really find it but I know obviously like Tarantino's open about it Scorsese has copied shots I mean yeah yeah I mean just, the best the best do. Do like the best do. I mean since the beginning of time they you know photography happened people were kind of visualizing yeah. that filmmakers pulled up some shots and a lot of times they were just throwing the camera up but that led to certain like things yeah. and then everyone else just started piling on that you know yeah. it's never there's nothing original so like i have no fear in being like well that's where i got my inspiration from I mean, yeah this is what we did so like I, I you know it's it is what it is like it's how we get along it's so. like copying a shot i mean that's aesthetic but tying it but being able to tie that shot in the like correctly exactly. through your themes that you're playing with which because your themes are probably going to be different than the the themes that exactly. the shot that you're stealing from so but if it makes sense that's where the art and the the talent exactly. comes in um not just saying your I want, original vision right exactly it's not just saying i want this one long take that's exactly the same as right fucking touch of evil yeah because yeah, anybody can do that but right. if it if it registers on screen thematically to the viewer you and you get that right that's what that's exactly. what it counts so it's like yeah I don't it's know. just nice to have the visual inspiration i mean sometimes i just yeah don't think like you're you're visualizing a lot and when you're writing you're writing and you're visualizing and it's different and you're you're thinking about things and it's just nice to have that like yeah oh yeah i forgot that shot did happen yeah you know, it's yeah. cool like maybe i can help in it or if it doesn't even if you don't integrate it it's yeah. like cool you know it's i think about it but i also kind of am using them as a way to kind of like build storyboards too because like yeah. i can't draw <laughs> anything <laughs> so if i just take the shots from movies that i'm like you know this is what i really like yeah and you build your storyboard from that then like yeah. you can go to anyone and, and they can look at it and be like oh okay i get what you're going yeah. for let's do that you know no because like i can take a, a shot from like you know a Nicholas Winding Refn film and then take a shot from a Tarkovsky film and then a shot from a Ridley Scott film and they're all completely all different genres completely different styles but if it makes sense within the film that you're working on like it becomes a whole new thing yeah you know? exactly it's kind of like I don't know yeah I mean you can't really invent new shots anymore no like it's <laughs> not, I mean not even trying to you yeah know? it's just you're just making your own thing. And yeah. You buy, it's like the same thing as taking a painting and being like, oh, I was in, this shot was so inspired by this painting. It's yeah. Like, there you go. We've been stealing from painters since the beginning of time. And yeah. All those painters stole from everyone else. And, and painters steal from literature, yeah. from what they're imagining, and all, you know, all sorts of... And they yeah. all stole from the cavemen, so like... <laughs> Fucking cavemen. <laughs> 
But yeah, so um, I don't remember where where that came from, Suspiria or something. Suspiria. But Widows, yeah, I do want to see Widows though. I don't, I don't think I'll catch it in theaters, but I do. want It's to really see good. It. It's it's different than other the other Steve McQueen films because you've seen his other three films, right? Uh, yeah, Hunger, Hunger, Shame, and yeah. Twelve Years a Slave. Not Twelve Years. But oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of if you watch th- those first three films. You can definitely tell they're all directed by the same director. Widows, he changes up quite a bit. That's cool. Which is kind of cool. I mean, I think you can still tell it's a Steve McQueen film. Um, but it's definitely more within a particular genre. And because of that, it didn't scream like just didn't scream a queen yeah yeah i don't know how to describe it and i don't mean that as a negative thing um because his his intentions were were entirely different for the making of this film you know because each film he does he's going to tackle it different right um but it's it's yeah it was really good i i don't want to say too much about it because we might touch on it later in the podcast as a film that we'll all watch or something, but it was definitely, a, I don't know, the, the cast, it's a huge cast. Um, everyone does a fantastic job. Daniel Kaluuya, I think, Kaluuya, yeah, uh, the dude guy from, from Get, Get Out. Out, his performance was awesome. Oh, nice. Like, you see the range, you know, he's not just, you know, he... There was a range with between like what you saw you saw him in like Sicario and Get Out like they're definitely not the same character but this is even more of like interesting like whoa he plays a a really interesting <laughs> cool character well cool in the sense of like just fascinating to watch um, in Widows it that was the performance that really I like I. You know, driving home, and I was like, "Wow, that was that mm. was the performance of the movie." Even though everybody else, like Viola Davis, I mean, she's always super good. Um, yeah, Robert Duvall, he's still like killing it, and he's eighty three or eighty four yeah. or something. So it's I don't know, it's really cool. Um, I would definitely recommend anybody who's a fan of like a thriller, suspense, or even just like a drama not not drama, but like. Well, yeah, kind of a drama, but I mean, they're all kind of dramas, right? Yeah, to some degree. It's, it, but also if you if you're wanting to see like women empowerment kind of stuff, check it out because it's okay. badass. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, really, yeah. I do want to see it for sure. It does the trailer was pretty sweet? Um, yeah, just a matter of figuring out when. Yeah, um, probably watch it like at home or something. But uh, I'd like to catch it. I like to catch more stuff in theaters as I can. I just can't at the moment. Yeah. So. Um, nice, yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, oh yeah, and then the Ballad of Buster Scruggs oh, too. Yeah. That came out. Yeah, that Netflix, was good too. So I'm gonna check that one out. Come brothers, it was cool because they won the best screenplay at the Venice Film Festival for this. So I, I I had that in my in my head, um, while I watched the film last night and interesting interesting like that they chose to award 
it best screenplay. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not deserving of that. I just, it's interesting that they did. I, but that's kind of why I like the Venice Film Festival, because they do weird shit like that. Like oh, it's they, an anthology film. Yeah, it's oh. like six different stories. Because that's why it was supposed to be a series. Yeah, So, and then I was reading more about that, and then I heard that the Coen brothers were pissed because they're like, no, this was never going to be a series. Oh. He's, they're like, we always had it as a feature film length. And, he, and they don't know who started that whole thing. Just because I think people thought, oh, they're doing a Netflix thing. They thought it was a TV show, not a Netflix movie. Mm. But I guess it was always going to be two hour plus a little, you know, movie. Which I, I, I thought like everybody else that it was originally going to be a show right right but i just Same. recently read like right before i saw the movie like Coen brothers were kind of like uh no like we're not interested in doing any episodic episodic series at all ever and, and i think that's why they didn't do fargo you know or anything you know they're just like no we do films which is kind of cool which is, is but but they're not anti-netflix they love Netflix because they Clearly. were able to do what they wanted to do with it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool. I like that because I think maybe Tarantino and Christopher Nolan could learn from that, you know? like I think so, too. Like, you know, it's like, because their film, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, it still went to theaters. Granted, not every single theater, but I'm sure if given the chance, Netflix would release Quentin Tarantino's next film in every theater in a major town. Oh, totally. They would and just take the put rights it on yeah, exactly. their streaming service a week later. You know what I mean? Or a month later. Like, they, it's Netflix. They're fucking, they're making as much money as big studios now. They can easily do that. So I don't understand the, the hate that Christopher Nolan and Tarantino are bringing to the table here. You it's know? That, it's that old school, you know. I guess elitist thought thought yeah. was like I got into this for film, not anything else. So don't about, take my art away. Yeah, and like, Martin Scorsese didn't, and David Lynch didn't. And I know. You know like, what I mean? It's like it's it's just kind of a weird thing. I don't know. And but, I get it. Like there is something truly compelling about literal film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not the same. But at the same time, it's like things they, move on and they can still know? film like, on film and and have it released on netflix you know what i mean like yeah, i don't exactly. understand because i don't think anyone will ever i think the 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 idea of going to a cinema and watching a film with an audience will never die it'll just be different it'll just be different. different i think because what will happen is it'll become hard to find and then people will seek it out, and then yeah. there'll be a rise again. Yeah, yeah, it's cool to sit at home and watch something, but that only is so interesting. Like yeah. people, it's cool because it's novelty. Yeah, it's and, gonna change, and that's why the big IMAX things and RPX are out now because the theaters are trying to draw people in to experience something that they can't experience at home. Right, because you can get pretty fucking close now, <laughs> but. I don't know, man. That like loud RPX IMAX experience—you're not gonna get that anywhere else, really. That's what know? I mean. And people are like, you know, I can. And I heard this the other day. It was like, I can pay three to five hundred bucks for a good TV. Yeah. 
less than a hundred bucks for a good either Blu-ray or 4K player. Have all the streaming and all yeah, the stereo, stuff that I want to get. I can have a good sound bar or yeah. 2.1, 5.1 in yeah. my home. Not a very, very rare that there's actually a 5.1 setup at your home. but <laughs> And I can watch it all in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really cool. Yes, you can do that. But it's like you can have a beer at home, yeah. but you still go... Or you can eat at home, but you still go to a restaurant, right? It's, like, yeah. There's a, there's yeah. A, something about make getting up, getting ready, going to a spot, yeah. sitting in a big room, yeah. potentially with other people, sometimes not, I th- not having control over what you're doing, but yeah. having to just be susceptible to the experience yeah. of it, the sound, the seats, everything is different than yeah. your home. Yeah. And that to me is just like so like, yeah, I watch a lot of stuff at home, but like how do you, you don't replicate It allows that, you like, to escape even more really because you're escaped from your own environment because i can easily i and we've talked about this before you know you can easily just check your phone or do whatever while you're at home you you know like you don't have you have distractions at home no matter even if you don't even if you think you don't you do exactly you, you know you're gonna you, pop out your like, phone at some point yeah like you're or get up and make like, make a popcorn or whatever yeah. you know like in the middle of it like yeah you can do that at the movie theater but you're more likely not going to <laughs> exactly and like you're like you just you just have to experience it in a way that you just don't have the control yeah of it. like and you're helping other people like artists want you to see it like that small theaters want to exist yeah. so you're helping them exist yeah. because they like the art like it's it's this really kind of lame dichotomy or this lame thought process people have where it's just like I can just sit at home and do it. Okay, yeah. well, you can sit at home and do everything too. But why are you? Then why are you? You can have coffee at home. Why right. are you here? Or you yeah. can work from home. Why are you going up? Do everything from home and just be alone and sheltered and in your little cave. I like, think that, like, there is something. Humans do like to experience things with other humans. Totally. Like, and I, th- I think, like, deep down, as much as people, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm a loner. Like, I like doing. I watch most of my movies by myself at my at my apartment, but I go see movies quite a bit by myself in the theater because, as much as I want to or not want to admit it, it's like it's cool to go to the theater and experience it with like even people you don't know. Just getting that, hearing that reaction mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, like living vicariously almost through other people's is like reactions in the theater is like part of what's so fun about it totally this is really interesting too um because i was kind of just doing a little read up on buster scruggs um says the filmmakers had mixed feelings regarding distribution as um buster scruggs had only a limited theatrical run before its netflix streaming debut the Coens credited home videos with helping establish their own careers and admitted that they themselves mm. succumbed to the temptation to watch movie screeners at home rather than going out to a theater. But the quote, hours and days and years you spend struggling over details of a film is appreciated in a different way on a big screen. So true. So even they, yeah, you, it's, it's because it's easy. People are always going to go on the easy route. So if you sit at home and watch shit, it's way easier yeah. than doing anything else. But... It's a, there's nothing like seeing yeah, this huge yeah. screen. 
Well, I mean, like, and we maybe are biased because we are filmmakers. We do like to see like our work on the big screen too. That's you know true. What I mean, I mean we, yeah. So we Fair understand enough. like kind of where they're coming from. Whereas, like, I guess there are probably are like younger kids that are like 13, 14 years old right now that aren't obviously filmmakers that watch everything on their phone. They have no interest sitting on the couch with their parents watching a, a TV show or a movie. They'd rather just phone, iPad, phone, laptop, yeah, you know, multiple which to me is fucking weird. But yeah. I grew up like watching like TV with like the majority of my family in a living room, and we didn't have like all these options. We had you know ten VHS tapes or whatever it right. is, you know. And so we, we do come from a different time, even though we're still young. I like to think we're still young, right? <laughs> I think a lot of it too, and this is why I think there's been a huge spike in episodic consumption, is that like there's so much constant computer use with multiple monitors yeah. that like you can have your episode here, yeah, your yeah. game here, yeah, and your S- internet here, Skype on your phone, and you don't ever have to leave, right? You can get up, go to the kitchen, grab your shitty food and your soda, go back, yeah. sit down, yep continue to watch play and all at the same time be pissing in a jug underneath basically desk. basically and so like <laughs> you want to have something that can play for a long time yeah. that you just want to have on kind of in the quote background while you're doing something and if you want to watch it you can just watch it but a movie is not like that because an episode is so short so a lot of episodes doesn't matter yeah i guess the thing about tv too is like when episodes don't connect across the board, then they don't matter as much. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Right. But there's something that matters about a movie arc because of the investment over a period of time and watching something struggle yeah. across a period of time. And the same thing that goes with like plays and stuff, you Dude. know, like and then so like and that changes a little bit with things that are these shows that come out that are connected across the season but even then if you watch the whole season then you can just put it on in the background and now you're just back to where you're at that's so interesting that you said that because that's exactly what Stephen McQueen was saying about Widows because Widows is based on a 1983 English TV show it was a miniseries it it was like six parts or something like that and it was a big deal in the UK in the like early 80s Um, and this is adapted It's, it's quite a bit This his version is quite a bit different but this interviewer was like, so did you ever think about making it as a TV miniseries, you know, because um, it's a popular thing that fil- Academy Award winning filmmakers are doing now. And Gillian Flynn, the writer, you know, just did Big Little Lies and Sharp Objects for HBO. So she's used to kind of a longer arc, too. Um, and Gone Girl was like, you know, two and a half hours or whatever. But Which was a book. Which was, that. yeah, her book. And um it, and and C. McQueen said, "No, I am interested in the art of a theatrical arc, like the art of 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 having two hours or two and hours plus whatever, you know, uh, and and making it work through that." He's like, "No, I'm I wasn't ever interested in making anything making this." He's like, "I felt that the story could have been told." in this amount of time so that's what we did and what's so impressive to me about the film was that it was so dense i mean it's tackling so many subject themes so many themes and subjects that i almost was like my brain if it could breathe was like 
wanting to make sure that I had enough breath, like that it was like wanting to like, hopefully it doesn't run out of breath. Like the film doesn't run out. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, it's tackling so much and it's, it's going to either be able to coast and, and, and tackle it all, or it's going to just forget all of them. But it didn't. And I'm like, how the fuck did he do that in two hours and 13 minutes or whatever it was? It was absolutely insane. But what's funny is like, I know Robert and a couple other people saw it and they kind of felt that I, you know, from what I've read or listened to what they were saying is that they felt that it was kind of like too convoluted, which I can see. But to me, it wasn't. To me, I'm like, holy fuck. How can you, like, how can you, I don't know, man. He tackled so much um, themes and, and stuff with it. And I thought he executed it well. Like, I think it, by the end of the film, you're like, holy fuck. He wrapped all those together and he didn't, like, misstep on one theme. Which, nice. how do you fucking do that in a two-hour movie? That's what I'm saying. Because he could have easily have done that if it was longer. That's what I'm saying. But there's something about that arc, you know, that two-and-a-half-hour or two-hour arc. Because, like, it takes a lot of skill. I mean, yeah. some of the hardest content that's compelling to produce is the shortest. So 30, 30 seconds, yeah. a minute. Like, how do you produce something that's compelling to watch yeah. that gets your message across but is fits well into what you do you know it's hard and like a lot of films will have an initial cut that's five hours yeah yeah and it takes a lot of precision and skill yeah. and time to hone it down to something that's consumable in an hour and a half to two and a half hour period and i feel like really good filmmakers know that and they strive for that like simplicity you know yeah. like and McQueen, like Steve McQueen was saying, like, there's a shot in this movie that when I saw it, I was like, holy fuck, this is amazing. It starts off, it was like mounted on a car. And Colin Farrell and his, like, aide go into this car. And they start in this, like, kind of this ghetto neighborhood. Like, it's run down. It's crappy. And the car takes off. It drives. It's one continuous shot. And it goes through, like, the city. And it's, like, three, four minutes long, maybe a little longer. And it's just pointed half of it is you see like the 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 urban landscape. And then the other half is the windshield. But the windshield, you can't see through it. It's just a windshield with like all the tree reflection oh, cool. and stuff. But there's a conversation going on. But you don't see the actors oh, at all. Fun. So it's like four minutes where you're just like looking at the landscape and then it ends in this kind of higher end neighborhood, you know, and you're like, okay, so he was, you know, obviously saying something about, you know, starting off in this yeah. super like a growth or something. Right? right. And then also like how these two ways of life are so close together, but yet they're so different from one another. Mm. But there were so many reviews that I was watching and that scene came up and they're like, oh, we don't get the scene. It was like, why would we not see the actors in it? And I'm like, oh my God, like they didn't get, they didn't get it. You because know? all filmmaking <laughs> is not about like, yes, the actors are yeah. crucial to s certain forms of filmmaking, but that's not, yeah. Filmmaking is not actors, and, you know, and McQueen addressed it in this interview. And he was saying like, Hey, we have two, I had two hours for this film. That day of, that we filmed that, that's what was needed. That 
that came out from that day on set with what I was trying to do with the script. And, yeah. and it's like, holy fuck, like, to come up with that, though. Right? You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's like, that's a whole art form that I'm now just kind of, like, really starting to appreciate more, like... It's precision. The, the, the precision and, like, the storytelling part of it. Because I've been so focused on visual and, and, like, just visuals. But now I am getting more interested in, like, wanting to, like, how do you tell a story with those visuals? Like, right. Like a, a, a real story. I don't know how to explain it. I think it, everyone, but... when they start off, are so obsessed with the visuals, they forget the story. Yeah, but, yeah. And then they kind of come around to it. But I want to go back. Yeah, I want to go back to the story. <laughs> That's really cool, though. I mean, I do – I really do want to see this movie. Um and that's a cool shot. So yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to check that one out. Um, but it is, I mean, it is. It's like one of those things where, like, in a 10 episode arc, first of all, you're going to have a lot of repetition. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the filmmaking is going to become really bland because yeah. you can't be creative for 10 yeah. hours. <laughs> so you're going to come up with a lot of basic filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and your arcs are going to have parts where they, you know, there's always one episode or two episodes where people are like, okay. oh, God, I, just, <laughs> I was a slog, but yeah. we made it through, and now it's better. Could have chopped that out. Yeah. And that is a kind of a cool thing about, like, True Detective is, like, it's, like, eight episodes, so you know that they shortened it a little bit. Right. But there is still a lot of repetition. But then, like, for the season one where, you know, like, was it episode six or something where the crazy, you know, yeah. sequence and stuff where they tried to... But there's a lot of the slow dolly moves for the, before and after that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, repetition is good in film, yeah. but like, there's a time, but purposeful repetition, not right. repetition because you don't know how else to visualize how else it. How to film it, yeah. We got to film something, yeah. so just shoot it how we know it's going to work. And then right. that's how you end up with nine hours of shot, reverse yeah. shot, and one yeah. hour of actually interesting stuff. And the viewer picks up on all that. You'll get bored if your eyes just continually go oh, for sure. to the same thing, and that's why it's just like there's the, that when you chop it down, when you really get to the nitty gritty, when you shoot for like that hour and a half mark, and yeah. you're just like you tell a full story that's compelling, that's deep, thematic, visually stunning, sound is amazing, all your actors yeah. are on point, yeah. like that is <laughs> that is a one of a kind. Fuck, that's a checklist. Form, Holy shit, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy, and that's like, that's that's one percent of the checklist. That yeah. checklist is very very long. So it's like it's it's frustrating to hear that you know oh, I can just watch it at home. Yeah, you can, and you're gonna be missing out on a whole lot. And when movie theaters are gone, you're gonna be like, shit. I wish I could not watch. I wish I could. Yeah, yeah. Watch it somewhere else. What Damn am I it! What do? do I do? What, what do I do with on a date? <laughs> yeah, right. It's just like I don't know. I think it's I think it's something that it's like a fad. It's one of those things where like movie theaters are gonna struggle for a bit because people are. Like, oh, shit, I can watch yeah. it at home now. Cool. Right, yeah. And then they're going to, in a couple of years, be like, oh, man, I yeah. I don't have any friends. I know a couple of screen <laughs> names online. I want to go out, but I don't know where to go now. Yeah. Well, because you sat at home and let everything else die around you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's frustrating. And that's why I, I do. And I even said this. I'd like to make a Suspiria TV show, but I'm stuck on movies, though. Like, movies, yeah. I think, are just a lot more... Yeah. compelling to try to tackle it's it's definitely I, its own art form i guess that's why, i guess that's why there's emmys and oscars <laughs> i mean that's why people still strive to make movies because it's, yeah. it is different and i think we kind of that's something i never really thought about until now though is just like 
there is a there is a skillful difference in creating a movie versus yeah. a show. How you edit and how you have to build a movie. I mean, you you know when you're watching a movie too, because even the cinematography for a lot of TV is still movie like, but it's not yeah. a movie feeling. Right. Yeah. You know, there's something and, about and, it. And we have though, right now where we're at, w- there has never been closer. You know, TV is looking more like film, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's never been I- closer than it is now, um, with like just these ha- epic shows. Yeah. You know, totally. but it's still completely different, though. Really. Um, it yeah. is. It is a lot different, and I. It does. It does make me sad because, I think movies are important, and I think people want. I think people are into the long form stuff at the moment, but it's going. It's one of those things. It's just up and down. Yeah. They'll eventually want to be like, I, it's just so many shows to watch. Yeah. How do I watch all of these? Yeah. Binge watching is kind of getting. Uh, we can't binge watch anymore. Let's just watch something short. Yeah. You're gonna have what's short? Well, movies. Well, and it's so funny because this is something that I find so interesting. I'll be real quick. Like the, the like people don't watch a three hour movie because it's oh it's long, but then they'll binge watch three fucking fifty five minute or an hour or four episodes or five, 50, in a yeah, row. I know, and it's like it's no fucking difference, but it's in their head. They're an hour each. So it they they think it's like blocked. You know, it's like the, the only difference. Uh, just to play devil's advocate a little yeah. bit, is that the shows are des- their arcs are designed right. so you get that it's you get the full feeling yeah. in a shorter period. So you're like, oh, I, 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 yeah. I want to get that yeah. feeling again. Yeah, you're just like chasing the drug basically. Yeah. So you're like, well, I can watch one more, and then you're like, I just watch one more, and pretty soon you've watched the whole movie. You don't realize it because yeah. of the way shows are structured. Ew. But you are consuming more the same, if not more, content than a right. movie. And it's just like, and then people don't realize that, but like, oh, I, you know, I just binge watched that whole. They just released one season of ten episodes. I binge watched yeah. all of it. And it's just like, but if Jesus it's if Christ. it's like a matter of like, you know, your butt hurting, it's really there's there shouldn't be any complaint there. <laughs> I know, right? I know, I know. I think that too. And I, even sometimes, I mean, I struggle to watch oh, long movies same, too. But same. it's like, it's just like I know. I don't know. You, yeah. you know that I am also aware of the fact right. that, that is the case, that movies or shows are designed to keep you hooked, that give you that shorter what we want. Like, yeah. I want to get to the I want it. I want it now. <laughs> Instant gratification. So I finish the show and I want another. I want another. It's fucking like a drug, dude. It really is. Um, Sweet. Watch movies. <laughs> shows are cool, but watch movies because... Movies are cool. I want to watch this ballad, Buster Scruggs. Um, and in a way, it's kind of like a... I mean, it's not like a TV show, but it's like these vignettes. So it's kind of... If you wanted to, you could pause it. Right. But after each vignette and, uh, and, you know, do what you have to do. So it's not... And you wouldn't be missing out on, you know, anything. Sick. But it is... They all are kind of connected in the sense of like, you know, thematically. Um, which is kind of cool. So you... No, I don't know. I watched it all in one, you know. You kind of have sitting. to, even if it's um, vignettes. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious what you'll think of it. Well, maybe by next week I'll have uh, some stuff to say. Sweet. <laughs> so uh, we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, you can follow us on Letterboxd at Jacob Fultz, Byron Goet, G-O-U-E-T-T-E, and Hyperion Creator for me. Next week Jacob should be back. Um, 
and we're doing speaking of the Cullen brothers so it's like kind of right around my birthday time we were, didn't really know what to do so um i guess i'm picking or like at least one of the movies so we're gonna do blood simple it will be one for sure um i don't Sweet. know what we're gonna do for the other ones I wasn't really planning to match them necessarily, but yes, you don't have to. Yeah, it's birthdays. But I, I mean, I don't know what else to be, choose. It would be interesting to like if we could, did find, a, 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 you know, just you chose two, and then like in the discussion, we're like, wait a minute, like, it actually worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking Samsara, but you just oh, watched cool. it. Oh, but I, I mean, that work because I know yeah. Jacob wants to watch it. No, I, I'll, I'll watch it again, and uh, um, the music was awesome. Like you know if anything i'll play it and write to it well it's either that or like in the mouth of madness sounds kind of interesting yeah, i haven't seen that um the john carpenter and then like i was thinking well argento popped up again but tenabre yeah tenabre would be interesting i don't know M. we could go with something that matches it more with an m but because I don't want to go full Cohen, because I know we're going to do Cohen, but I do really want to see Blood Simple. Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough call. Well, I guess we'll figure it out and try to post it um, on Facebook. I don't know. M is on Filmstruck right now. I know. I think so is Blood Simple. And Blood Simple. So I've definitely got to see Blood Simple. Because I've seen I've seen M in HD, but I haven't seen Blood Simple in HD yet. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to to, to seeing it. Because it's going to be completely different than how, I, oh, yeah, how I've seen it. So, damn. Yeah. I'm thinking Sam Sara might be an interesting pairing cool. just because yeah. of so it's different. so different. And I don't know if we've done anything like Sam Sara. We've never touched right? it, yeah. Um, that type of style. So that would be really cool to talk about. Or maybe Keone Katsi, one of those. Yeah, I've seen that one. That, that was really good ones. too. I, yeah, I I really enjoyed Tim Sar. I was. It's one you can watch quite a few times in a row. I yeah. mean, it's not. It's like a visual documentary. There's I, no. I started it thinking I was going to fall asleep in it, you know, because I was like, I was kind of tired and I'm like, I want to put this on because I knew the music was going to be good. Nope. Watch the whole fucking thing. Straight you know, shot in seventy millimeter too, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's really obvious. Uh, it was just it's like, crazy. <laughs> he's really good man there was, was his name like ron frick i think is what his name is yeah i think i think you're right yeah he's like really good at um the uh time lapse photography yeah. and he somehow can get funding to shoot 65 millimeter film around the world and it's just it's crazy it's pretty crazy so I, I, let's do it fuck it cool make the decision right now Sweet. so we're doing blood simple <laughs> right on. and samsara Sweet. for next week Sweet. um we'll have a pitch next week we don't have one this week um i don't know what the pitch will be i was thinking of an idea for our birthday since we started this pitch stuff after all our birthdays were passed is um the pitch has to feature that person Oh, we should do something like that. Yeah. That would be cool. So that person has to be like the main character or something in the in the pitch. Do they have to like be like the person like seem like they have to act like them too? Or not just, necessarily. Just like physically just physically they have to like look yeah. like okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean not that the visual or the physicality <laughs> of us makes sense for most of the listeners because some of them have right, seen what they look true. like. That's true. That's true. 
I don't know, featuring that, that person would be That would be awesome. <laughs> or even just my name, you know. Yeah. Because I've had you guys in That's my right. <laughs> What was that? We were like gay lovers or something <laughs> like that. I forgot what it was now. I think it was. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along oh, those God. lines, too. Though we should do something like that where, where the pitches have to be you. Because one, it would be weird doing... Like, for you, you have to do the pitch as you in the film. Oh, weird, So yeah, that huh? would be weird to do. It's like your birthday and you have to... Oh, shit. Which would be kind of cool, but it's also <laughs> kind of fun to, to see what the other people... With, what, <laughs> what they'll put you so in. So we should... Okay, so what it should be <laughs> is the person has to be in the plot. They don't have to necessarily be a main character, okay, this but the person be... has to be featured somewhere in the plot. Okay. Because it could be fun to have these little twists at the but like end. like integral, right? Not like some extra. Yeah, it's got to be fairly integral yeah, yeah. to it. Like, you can't just show up and be like, fuck you guys, and yeah, then leave. Yeah, it can't be like a cameo. You know, yeah. It's got to be... They don't have to be main, but they have to be somewhere they, that's like fairly they integral. deal with the... Yeah. yeah. Like, if they were taken out of the plot, then the plot would not be... Yeah. Would not function. So, all right. That's cool. <laughs> we'll let Jacob know since we decided it on air. Um, so, yeah. So, Blood Simple on filmstruck if you don't have filmstruck i don't know where else to find it for you i yeah i think i think it's i've seen it at best buy no oh, okay which is it might weird. be on amazon and i, I know think sam sorrow's yeah. on amazon it is yeah yeah, yeah. and uh sam sorrow is really great i think sam sorrow might be prime now i Ooh. think maybe that's how i watched it that'd be nice yeah that'd be nice maybe or hulu one of those and if you like sam sorrow baraka was the one right before it pretty much the same but shot but different stuff I mean, it shot the same same structure, but just different material. And then Kioni Katsi is kind of the trilogy before that, back in the 80s. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Clink. <laughs> it's weird without it.